In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear saints of God, a second time Jesus is way out in the wilderness with a crowd and they have no food and they have no place to get it. So one of two things is going to happen. These are really the only options. It's either going to be that all the people die or that Jesus feeds them. It's going to be that they're going to starve to death or Jesus is going to have compassion. One or the other. How wonderful then to read the words there in Mark 8, verse 2, the words of our Lord Jesus when He says, I have compassion on the crowd. And that's all that the, that the crowd and it's all that the disciples needed to hear. It's all that those 4,000 men and their families needed. It's all that we need. But the disciples weren't quite there yet. They had forgotten, apparently, the feeding of the 5,000, which just had happened previously. And they figured that they needed more than just the Lord's compassion. They also needed a whole lot of food. And so they panicked. His disciples, this is how it goes in the text. His disciples answered him, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Jesus, we're way out in the sticks. We're in the middle of nowhere. We've got no food. We're in trouble. Panic. Now, I actually think that the disciples here at this point when they're panicking are better than most, better than most people, better than most of us. We actually never see how much trouble we're in. We, we never see how close we come day by day to death or to destruction, to our own undoing, to being consumed by the devil. Our friend Luther talks in the large catechism about how if we could see the flaming darts that the devil shoots at us every day, that we would never stop praying the Lord's Prayer. We're like the guy who's blindfolded and walking across the interstate. Whoosh! Cars are right by him, missing his face by inches. And he gets to the other side and he says, that's no big deal. We, we walk in danger all the way. Danger to our bodies. Danger to our soul. Dangers to our families, to our church, to our nation, but we don't even know about it. You want, you want to hear it from Luther. I know you want to hear it. Here it is. He's talking about the necessity of going to the Lord's Supper. And he says this. Besides all of this other trouble, you will also have the devil about you, whom you will not entirely tread underfoot, because our Lord Christ himself could not entirely avoid him. Now, what's the devil? Nothing else than what the Scriptures call him, a liar and a murderer, a liar to lead your heart astray from the Word of God and to blind it, that you cannot feel your distress or come to Christ. A murderer who cannot bear to see you live one single hour. If you could, and this is the point I was talking about here, if you could see how many knives, darts, and arrows were every moment aimed at you, you would be glad to come to the sacrament as often as possible. There is no reason why we walk so securely and heedlessly except that we neither think nor believe that we're in the flesh, that, the, that we are in this wicked world and that we are in the kingdom of the devil. But I think that's just it. Luther hits the nail in the head here. We do not realize what distress we're in. We think that we are safe and secure, that we have what we need, that our lives will be okay, that we are making it on our own. 
Money has something to do with this. Possessions. If we think we have enough of it, then we're safe. We think, and here's where this really gets in trouble, we think that we are in control, that here is the gaping hole of destruction and that we can protect ourselves from it by our own efforts, but this is simply not true. In a flash, in a, in a flash, everything can be gone. Our lives, our homes, our health, whatever. You've seen it. You've seen it happen. Some of you have gone through it. And, and look, when this happens, when we get a glimpse of how our life is, is, is hanging on a thread, we panic. Did you see it this past week? If you watch the news, the stock market takes a dive and then panic. It happens day after day when we realize that we're in danger, when we realize that we stand to lose or, or whatever, we, when we realize that we're not as safe and secure as we thought we were, that we, we cannot uh, avoid this gaping destruction and we panic. But the point here is that we were never safe to begin with. You were never in control. Now, the devil loves this. He, he loves it. He loves it when we live in the delusion of our own security. And he loves it when that illusion is gone and we panic and we try to get that security back. In, in fact, it's one of the devil's plots to create panic where there's not even need for panic, to manufacture crises, to invent emergency. Because if he can, if he can inject emergencies into your life or into your family or into your church or into whatever, then he can get you acting outside of your vocation. I don't, I don't remember that when this was, but it was a few months back, maybe a couple of years ago, when uh, Rahm Emanuel, the presidential advisor, said, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. You remember that? And that's what he's talking about. If people are panicked, if they're in crisis mode, then they'll act against their better judgment. They'll act outside of their vocation. They'll give power to the government that they wouldn't give if things were normal. That's how that goes. And we see it in the church. I think we see it in the church more than we see it in the state, and it's terrible. There's an emergency. We don't have enough pastors. So what do we do? We take laymen and we license them to preach. And then we have another emergency. We've got too many licensed laymen and not enough places for them to preach. <laughs> or we make stewardship into an emergency. Or the building is an emergency. Or, and this is the worst, and this is always how it is, evangelism is an emergency. Dear saints, the church is here to comfort people. The gospel is here to comfort us, not to put us in a panic. But, but and tell me if I'm wrong, I think we, this is right, we see it all the time. If we don't give, and if we don't do, and if we don't go, then the building's going to collapse and the doors are going to close and souls all around are going to go to hell. And I'm afraid that we've convinced ourselves that if something is not an emergency, it's not worth dealing with. We, we are manufacturing crises then where there are none. <laughs> now, it's not to say that there aren't real emergencies. There are. There's a form of emergency baptism in the back of your hymnal. We teach our children to call 911. But emergencies are few. They are the exception. And we should certainly not operate in the Lord's church by crisis. 
or by fear, or by compulsion, by manipulation, by any of those things. The devil loves it. The devil loves it when we live in the delusion of our own security. He loves it when we, when that delusion is stripped away and we start to panic. He loves to create panic and all of this stuff where there is none. But we have to open the scriptures and see their reality. The reality of our situation individually, for our families, for our congregation, for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, even for our nation. For, and this is the truth, all of us stand on the edge of destruction. There is a, there's the gaping mouth of the grave there, and we are next to it. We are like the thousand in the wilderness with Jesus, and they have no food. But it's worse than that. We are sinners. We have deserved this destruction. We have deserved, by what we've done and by what we've failed to do, we've deserved God's wrath and His judgment. We stand at the mouth uh, the gaping mouth of destruction, and it's a destruction that we deserved. We are standing in line for the wages of our sin. And there are two options for us, just like there were for the people in the wilderness. Two options. We die, or Jesus has compassion. That's it. But you know what's coming. Jesus does has, have compassion. Jesus looks at you and your sin, and He does not despise you. He looks at you in your weakness, and He loves you. He does not let us perish in the wilderness. He knows. He knows our sickness, our weakness, our sin, our filthiness. He knows all of it. And still He comes into our flesh, into our sin, into our cross, into our death and into our grave because, dear saints, He does have compassion. Without Jesus, there is nothing between you and destruction. But Jesus stands there in the gap between you and destruction between you and sin, between you and death, between you and the devil, between you and the grave, He stands there and has compassion. He forgives you and He feeds you and He protects you and He loves you. <laughs> the devil loves it when we panic. Dear saints, we have Jesus. So panic is cast to the side. You have these words from your Jesus. Mark 8, verse 2. I have compassion on the crowd. Dear saints, Jesus has compassion on you. And this is your comfort. And this is your peace. Now and always. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.